Okay, so I think we are we are live. Okay, it's almost ten. Um, so I'll just go ahead and start. Uh, good morning, friends, and thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, for those of you uh, returning to watch our show, uh, I welcome you. Thank you so much for your support. I also want to, um, you know, welcome every anyone that's watching for the first time to please subscribe to my channel and also uh, Pedro's channel. That way you get any reminders and alerts when we're going to go live and you won't miss any of our shows. So uh, with that, I'll make I'll introduce myself. My name is Marie Tarosian. I'm a certified public accountant and a chartered global management accountant. Um, I'm an experienced auditor and a CFO, and currently I work as a, a CPA advisor and a transformation coach for entrepreneurs and small business owners and mid-sized business owners as well. I've authored a couple of books, uh, The Complete Guide to Business Growth, and also uh, I have an ebook uh, which is a, called a Business Owner's Guide to Operational Accounting. Um, I've also created a, a unique framework called Valuation MT, which I use specifically to help business owners go from 1 million to 10 million. Today, I am joined by Pedro uh, Gonzalez CPA, my friend and my partner when it's time to do tax returns. And uh, with that, I'll let Pedro introduce himself. Pedro, good morning. Good morning, Marie. And good morning, <laughs> everybody else. Uh, yes, my name is Pedro Gonzalez. I'm also a CPA, uh, also with experiencing the auditing and accounting uh my areas of focus is to help our clients uh lower their taxes improve their cash flow put more money in your pocket the <laughs> excess strategies so that's our uh, how we can bring value to our clients so good morning and uh, excited for for this morning yes absolutely so you know pedro the other day um well last week we kind of covered um a few few areas of tax, uh, you know, due dates. But one of the things that we talked pretty pretty a long time about was this specific gentleman that we've met, and you know, he has missed you know filing his taxes for you know three years and even payments as well. So um, so I want to you know after talking to him more, I think we found a lot more information about this gentleman that I think it would be a great way to. Um, help our audience that if they are in that situation or they know of someone who's in that situation that they can help them you know with this information so this gentleman was actually working abroad for quite a few years and literally just coming to the US for a, for a year barely two and then he was out again um, and while he was um, you know working abroad he was not actually filing taxes or paying anything. So what what does the rule say from a tax perspective? What does the IRS say for those of US citizens working abroad? You know, what are their requirements? <laughs> yeah, the, I think what happens sometimes I could be misunderstandings is that the, the US is uh, taxes uh, its citizens uh, on worldwide income. Mm -hmm. So even if you are abroad, and you know let's say you close all your account you have no connection to the u.s you still uh as long as you're a u.s citizen you still need to file mm -hmm. federal income tax returns right so what happens in some cases is that you might have no income here in the in, in, in the united states and it might be that you might have no tax obligation meaning that even if you were to prepare your taxes you would have come up to uh, let's let's assume zero but then you can still be penalized for failure to file right 
Right. So and that, that happens in some cases, individuals that work abroad and, you know, they, they quote unquote forget or they assume, well, I'm not in the U.S. So why would I file taxes there is that we are, uh, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, probably the only country that taxes its citizens on worldwide income. So, yeah. So you still have an obligation, even if you are abroad, there's, you know, of course, there's some deductions and things that you can take, but you still need to file. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And then uh, would they file using the same forms like the 1040 or is there any other form that they need to be using to, to show their income? No, they, they'll file like, again, uh, uh, you're a US uh, citizen, you're just simply living abroad and, uh, and then you specify that on the form, but yeah, you still file your tax returns. As, as the only difference is, of course, uh, it doesn't apply to Florida, but in some other states where you will have filed a state tax return that you don't have to because you're no longer a resident of that state, but the federal is the one that takes a, once you cross the, the, the enter the, the country, they're, they're going to be the ones that are knocking and, and, and going after you. So, but yeah, you file with the same forms and, and you report uh, your income. And, and what also happens is, and this again is a shock for some people, is that you might still have to pay federal taxes. Sure. You, you get a credit for the, the taxes that you paid in the other country that you were you have been reciting. Right. You're supposed to file taxes in that country, pay taxes over there, but you need to still uh, report that same income. Let's assume, again, no, no zero income here in the United States. You report the same amount of income here in, in, uh, in your federal return, and in some cases, it works out that you still have a, a, a difference between the, the tax rate in that country, and because basically what they want is that you pay a minimum tax. And Got so it. If if that tax uh, is lower than that, you know, target or minimum, then you mm -hmm. need to pay the difference. Got it. Got it. Um, yes. So. With that said, I mean, one of the situations that our friend here actually went through is that um, after so many years, he was abroad and then he came back to the U.S. and he had, you know, years and years that had missed and he hadn't filed. Um, what happened is that the IRS took hold of his, you know, bank account. So basically cleaning it out. So um, what are, what, how could... Uh, I guess in, in a way, how, how could our audience, you know, not only just make sure that they're filing their taxes, like what's, let's explain to them the real effect of if that happens, what kind of financial situations they're going to find themselves in? Because that could be a really detrimental. Yeah, no, the, the IRS, well, no, what, one of the things is that the IRS has to follow due process. They cannot come in and on first notice uh, freeze your accounts. Now, could it happen? It could happen. I mean, it's like any other collection agency that they're supposed to follow due process. And uh, now that's why it's recommended that they get, uh, if you're planning to come to, into the country uh, to get advice before getting back into the country, especially if you're in a situation like that, like let's say I have not filed, to in essence get in compliance prior to getting into the country. Now, let's say you got into the country, you have not filed, the IRS is supposed to notify you first. Got it. You know what I mean? That we we have not, in essence, a lack of uh, filing or something of that note. Now, you don't respond to that. What they'll do is, and then they'll, in essence, compute based on the uh, last information that they have available. Mm -hmm. And say, well, 
you know, the last report, uh, you had an AGI of, I don't know, $300,000. So based on that, we're going to go ahead and say, well, you're going to owe us X amount of dollars for so many years that you have not filed. Right. They're not going to take deductions for you. In essence, they're going to put you in a, in a worst case scenario. You know what I mean? Because you're not re you're not responding. So even at that point, you still don't not respond. Then they'll issue liens and then they'll they'll take uh, assess uh, you know they'll assess that the taxes and they put liens in your accounts and then and collect it. And so what that could be some scenarios some people will find. You know, the, the the goal is that, that as soon as the IRS finds out, actually it's better that you be proactive. <laughs> But let's say that you're, you know, you're, you're taking your chances, and now the IRS contacts you, is to immediately get somebody to to help you to to organize uh, and how to properly respond uh, to the IRS. Right, and then we did cover a little bit of this uh, from the fact of how to be prepared for the IRS audit. In a way, is to make sure you know. You, not only are you proactive, you're reaching out, making sure all your documents are, you know, ready, all the supporting uh, items, you know, uh, receipts. So if you don't have them, it's it's really important to get those ready as soon as possible, <clears throat> so you have a, a a good support. And then of course, hiring, you know, someone uh, like you, a CPA uh, on a tax and a tax representative, you'll be able to guide them through all the different documents that they will need, and that way you can rep represent them at the IRS. Correct. No, I agree. I mean, again, I know we already discussed this on the prior uh, podcast, but the, the uh, accounting, yeah, I mean, you have to have good record, <laughs> especially yeah. any time that you're dealing with IRS audits, uh, any type of uh, uh, notices of levies or anything like that, that the IRS assessments is going, going after you to have good documentation. Yes. Uh, um, to be able then to counteract what they're because again uh, now you're in reality you're in, in a disadvantage. I mean the IRS now you have to prove in essence your innocence. You know what I mean? <laughs> Either I don't owe that money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying is it doesn't work exactly. The tax court doesn't necessarily work. You know when the IRS does not work like uh, you know from being guilty. They assume you owe us, not prove that you don't owe us. And so right. that's the, the part that a lot of people lack is how do I document my income if I have a business and this is the case of this other individuals that if you have income from businesses then you have to have financials you have to have uh, good record keeping right. to demonstrate not only your income but they're gonna go after heavily is your deductions your expenses yeah you know I mean because you're gonna say I earned uh, a certain amount but then at the end I have a loss yes okay so you gotta prove it exactly like how did how did you get to that loss what are all these different expenses that you're Correct. claiming Correct. Um, if you don't have proper you know uh records uh to support that Correct. you know your claim then Correct. you're in, in even bigger trouble because then you know it's like as if there's almost like cause like a, a reason that you're trying to hide something versus just being open and just be like here's everything this is i have all the proof i have nothing to worry about um yeah so another situation that arose and then i've had a little bit of experience on this one too is uh, you know when someone is going through a business owner again we're kind of speaking about from a business owner's perspective especially and um if they're going through a divorce then you know it's even more important because you know if you don't have your financial records in, in check your tax returns are not correct so and if all of these are multiplied on top of each other, that not, none of them is correct. Um, so 
it just magnifies the amount of work that we as accountants and tax advisors will have to do to make sure years of information is in order um, to be able to help these, you know, the gentleman or the individual that's going through this situation. Um, and then not to mention, you know, not to forget, you know, the subpoenas for the records, um, you know, uh, from the, 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 the spouse's side of the, the attorney, you know, all of that that's going to pull all the data for years and years that they need to, um, you know, to make sure they have that information. Have you had a similar experience, uh, Pedro? Yeah, I mean, you know, the divorce cases are, in, in, you know, similar when whenever you have even uh, business uh, split ups. Yeah, you know I mean, when you have two partners that they put together a business, and now they're going separate ways. It's kind of the similar situation in divorce. <laughs> you have a, a community asset that you two, those two parties developed, and now there can be separation of assets. To, that's one aspect, obviously, the, the obvious, which is going to be the child support and the money. You know, we're familiar with that. But sometimes people forget, and this is why I always encourage if you have, if you're a business owner, is to have, uh, get some legal advice. Uh, you have to be careful of, because, you know, for example, a lot of non-liquid assets can be transferred uh, either tax and in some cases penalty free. But there's some, some assets that will require uh, a certain documentation, uh, something called a qualified domestic uh, relations order, something like that. So okay. you know, so all of that documentation has to be in place. And if if you don't, if, you know, sometimes people try to quote unquote save some money, but in the end, they, they end up like, getting themselves into deeper problems. Yes. Well, uh, you know, Marie, you take uh, you take this account, and I'll take uh, this other one, and we're good. Let's go. And without realizing that potentially, I might be causing a taxable event. Uh, because I didn't want to call the CPA, I didn't want to call the, the attorney to really, you know, guide me in this process. I can tell you that it will save hundreds of, you know, in some cases, thousands of dollars of taxation that, that could have been prevented. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. We've, we've been kind of, I know we're going at it uh, quite a few times, but it does really make all the difference when, you know, you, you know how to keep records. Like in the case of the, the client that I had, um, I went there as a consultant and I was, you know, I, as I was looking for a few things, I was supposed to help them through their audit process, you know, kind of stepping in the shoes of a, you know, kind of a CFO and helping them go through the audit process. But the records were all over the place. There were months and months of unreconciled, uh, items. Um, you know, their accounting team was literally changing almost on a weekly basis. So the records we couldn't, we couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Um, so, and then to put on top of that, there, he's, you know, the, the gentleman is going through a, an audit process with third-party auditors, and then he, you know, he's going through divorce at the same time. I mean, it was a, a, a so stressful for everyone that was there, including, of course, the gentleman that's going through it. And it was very, very hard to gather information. Sometimes I had to, for example, simple things as he's the main owner and he took money out of the business, you know, for himself or something. And I would ask, you know, where, where, where's the support? What did he use it for? Like, I wouldn't know where to put that information on the balance sheet or if it's going to be on the PNL. What is it for? And uh, so we couldn't find records. They had to dig in emails. And then, then I would have to have the business owner 
print it out, sign off on it, because I had to create some type of a, um, you know, a record that shows the intention of what that money was taken out for. And then all of that goes through the, pro you know, the documents that are pulled out through the subpoena. Every single piece of paper can, is subpoenaed. Um, so it's a, it's a, a very challenging, uh, uh, not only for the business owner, but also the accountants and the, and the attorneys helping him. Because if that information is not readily available and properly, uh, you know, filed, then it's just literally going into all over the place, you know, going into file rooms, pulling up boxes, <laughs> looking for where the records, where are they? Um, and um, in, the, in, in my case with this specific uh, uh, business owner, he also had two other businesses. So there was affiliate, you know, businesses and there's a lot of money transfers or whatever, you know, happening. So it was like literally <laughs> going down the line. Almost, I, I felt like I was doing almost like forensic accounting because it just went beyond a, 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 a normal, uh, you know, controller CFO type work. And it was literally going to the file room sometimes with someone on their team and just saying, okay, this happened within this year. Can we just go in and find, you know, this document that could support this transaction? Um, so it, it can be very, very challenging and very stressful. It is. It is. And you're right. I mean, uh, the divorce process by itself is stressful. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, when you add, and you know, I guess uh, this is something that I, I know that, that we have uh, talked about, uh, about the record keeping, you know, here comes another scenario where record keeping becomes so critical because it will save you it, will, it almost will save your life. I mean, uh, and, and so yes. at the moment that you know that there's going to be a separation or something like that, it, it has to be. If you're if you own a business, yes, no matter how complex or simple, is that it's going to be part of the investigation. I mean, or part of the, the due diligence. They're going to ask you for tax returns, personal yeah. business. It's pretty standard. I mean, so you have to be prepared for that. So you better be ready to have your taxes at least go three years minimum. Just go make sure <laughs> well, I have my last three years personal. Yes. Do I have my last three years of uh, business? Yes. Okay. Now make sure I would so go meet with my CPA or my accountant, whoever I was doing those, those tax returns and financials and make sure that everything reconciled because another problem has happened is that they, they submit tax returns and guess what? Then after that, they're going to start asking for bank statements. They're going to be asking for financials. <laughs> And in some cases, they discovered there's, you know, uh, it, there's no congruency between right. deposits and your financials and your tax returns. Now, there might be a reason for that because, again, a lot of these individuals are not accountants. They're not CPAs. These are attorneys. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so they're there to, to, you know, to, to, uh, to deal with the law. So they're looking at tax returns and financials. In some cases, some of, some of them do not understand, uh, you know, accrual basis versus cash basis and things like that. <laughs> There's, there's, there's something fishy here. Something is off, and maybe not. Maybe there's a good explanation, but all of that to have it ready, because then mm -hmm. it will save you time. It will save you on fees, uh, unnecessary phone calls, unnecessary stresses. So I having all that ahead of time, you know what I mean. That's why I advise at the moment that you, you know, things are not gonna go in the, in the long term. Is to hire an attorney to advise you. Uh, get together with uh, uh, your CPA uh, early as possible. Mm -hmm. In case if, you know, let's say you're behind your accounting, let's bring it up to date early. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So all of that is taken care of. And again, with the understanding, if you're going to go through a divorce, just to disclose it up front and be like, listen, Marie, I'm going to go through a divorce. 
uh, we're in the early stages. So Marie can go and say, okay, so now I know that I need to have an extra step. So let's make sure we have these documents. Those large distributions sure. in the area that they're gonna go after because they wanna know where's this money going because all, all we're doing yes. is taking money, <laughs> it's not in an expense. So where did it go? They're yes. gonna do a, 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 a tracing the money. Mm -hmm. In some cases, depending how big the case is, they might hire a forensic accountant. Absolutely. And her job is beyond of debits and credit. There is to follow the money. They're there is to see where did this money go and potentially if it's, you know, being uh, hidden. You know what I mean? They're hiding this money. So, uh, you know, having all that properly documented so then you have uh, preventing, again, unnecessary headaches. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. In my in my experience, that was uh, one very difficult one, and it, it is very stressful. Very very stressful. Um, and then uh, one of the interesting things that that I noticed while working in this case uh, myself, um, those big transactions, even if they were inter you know company, different companies, intercompany sending to one another, there is there were these open liabilities or receivables yeah, one and the other that we had to look through and we were like why is it still open <laughs> it's been like five years is anyone going to see the other one anytime soon and um so those are very big questionable items there why would one company have a of over five million dollar let's say you know just throwing a number out there five million dollar uh, you know liability to the other company and when both companies are working and still uh, active why why is it not getting paid off um another thing was another situation that arose was when one company or is borrow, borrowing money from the other one and there's no documentation yeah, there's, yeah. So why why was it borrowed or what was it why was it given out you know so there's no reasoning there's no actual um intercompany let's say interest accrued because i mean because it's taken as well it's the same owner well, but it's each one is a separate entity. Each one right. is a separate company. So we we have to re treat it as if it's like separate and make sure we have all the documentation. So if one company is, uh, you know, borrowing from another company, even if it's the same owner, there has to be proper documentation. And then when it comes to whether it's the forensic accountant or the auditors looking through it, these are all red flags that are going to come up if you don't have documents. So record keeping is so overlooked and I know we're going to probably talk about this constantly as we go through different scenarios of experiences we've had. It always comes back to where's the support? <laughs> Every auditor is going to ask, where's the support? <laughs> so why, why not do it the right way the first time mm -hmm. and, and make sure you have all the documents. And if you're not sure what to do, you know, just hire someone to come in, you know, an accountant, a controller, a CPA to come in and actually help you through putting all the records together, at least for the last three years. And then now you have a system and a process which we would be able to put together, yeah. say, okay, this is the process that we follow. And you know, when, when something is required, this is all the pieces that we need. No, yeah, no, again, I don't think that we can emphasize enough about <laughs> the record keeping. But the reason we keep, uh, you know, uh, bringing this up, because again, as we've been having this conversation uh, is that you can see why is it so critical. Yeah, I mean, imagine divorce yes. cases, uh, even business split ups. Yes, it happens. I mean, again, it doesn't have to be a divorce. It could be that right now you have a joint venture in and let's say the deal goes sour. 
the, it most likely is that the other party is potentially going to make a claim against you. So right. you not have right. the records in order, all of the documentation. One of the areas that tend to be very lax is, that you brought it up, and that is, in, in, you know, related party transactions. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. very lax because you, we, we look at the, you know, you're 100% shareholder of your escort, and you look at that as uh, my, my other bank account, and it's not. <laughs> if you want to exactly no and there is a again a, this is a, to a topic for an attorney to discuss but it, it is a separate entity it is if you want to create it and create the proper uh protections you know why create a corporation many times it's, it's also for uh legal protection to separate yourself from the you know so but but then you don't treat it that way you treat it as my other bank account <laughs> and so then you you defeated the purpose you know what i mean so if there is related party transactions some cases in one another scenario that i saw was uh relatives you know what i mean now a corporation many times it is formed by friends and family funding uh your corporation now right. it is your business now you're a hundred percent shareholder let's say i don't know mom and uncle and and, and you know my, my cousin they start pumping money into your idea and then say hey i i, I believe in you marie you know what I mean? so let's start putting money into your company Yes. You create, it's supposed to be a loan. Now, they know that you don't have the money year one, potential not even year two or three. So that same $1,000 that each one gave you is still sitting there as a liability. I can say, but why this is still there? Yes. Well, it's a loan. I, I, you know, in your head, and you know, it, I, I want, I'm going to repay my dad and my mom, my cousin and, and my auntie. You know what I mean? I'm going to repay them when I have the money. But there's no documentation for that. Now, comes a separation. My a, a divorce or a split up, they're gonna go and say, but this is not a liability. You, you really don't owe this money. Right, right. There's nothing to support <laughs> it now. If you have your loan agreements, uh, uh, then at least you can say, listen, I do have loan agreement with these individuals that I, I borrowed this money. This is not my money. I have to pay it back and it should right. be taken into account. Uh, leases, uh, sometimes uh, there's lease lease obligations. And uh, in some cases what happens too is that uh, the the you're probably using the office of let's say a friend so sure. i have extra space and they say marie you can use the second floor sure you know what i mean and until you get your business going and then we'll, we'll talk about you know rent but right now it, we you and i have a verbal agreement that the rent is going to be i don't know x amount of dollars per month and when you're ready in a couple months or in a year from now then we'll we'll, we'll recover those months that you did not pay me now there's a split up. I have an obligation to Pedro. <laughs> but where's the documentation? That doesn't exist. Doesn't. No. Exactly. So then all in all this should be accounted for. Should they should be all of this should be in writing. You know what I mean? The yeah. documentation. So then in, in a situation of IRS audits, I mean you name it, all the things that we have discussed so far. And you can <laughs> see another topic and why is it that documentation is so critical? Absolutely. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a, a you know twenty-page document. It could be a simple one-page document that says, you know, in the next six months. For example, in the case of that you said, you know, the rental thing, it could be a simple document between two parties saying, you know, I'm I'm allowing this space for my friend to occupy for the next six months. Um, he doesn't have to pay in the first three months, and then he's going to be blah blah blah. Exactly. Yes. Something simple like that. It doesn't have to really be a twenty-page, very you know, legal-heavy document. It's just a, 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 but at least it clears up the understanding for both parties. It's what's what's the expectation, mm -hmm. and then and it's it's a valid document. Both parties have signed it, so yeah. 
Correct. No, yeah. And again, uh, that in this other scenarios, I, I know we have not touched uh, up uh, yet, but you know, when you look in the areas of casualty. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Business interruption losses. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. But economic economic injury. You know what I mean? You're trying to demonstrate that I, I this, uh, there was a, 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 a loss incurred by either by injury, a loss incurred because of uh, a casualty. And I need to demonstrate that I do have that loss. Now, right. you know, and, and again, those are scenarios that over the last 20 some years that I've been in this, I see it happening. You know what I mean? Then it becomes a nightmare because now you gotta go and what they're gonna do, they're not gonna ask you, okay, show me your bank statement for the last three months like when you go to apply for a mortgage. No, they're gonna say, give me the, the financial for the three, five years in some cases. Can you imagine now yes. in 2021 to ask you for financials from 2016? Right, right. And, and you have not, uh, you know, you kind of, ah, whatever. I kind of put numbers in there and sent it. <laughs> now I have a loss. But your financials don't show that. Yes. Because, you know, I was trying to show the, the, the uh, you know, my income. Uh, you know what I mean. You know what I mean? So yeah. now you have an issue. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, then, yeah, go ahead. No, no, what we're going to say that, again, uh, the importance of having uh, the, the accounting uh, is not, you know, that's why I keep emphasizing the investment. Having good quality accounting pays off. And long term, I can assure you, it pays off. Because of you can course. see so far, and we all, this is uh, number three, and we already, you can see all of the reasons why it's so important. And we haven't touched up on some other areas that right. and I encounter that uh when you're gonna say oops i i, I wish i would have you know <laughs> uh done this differently so yeah absolutely and then one of the things that i think i'm gonna i'm gonna mention it here but we'll cover it with uh, next week is you know what we talked about the other day is um you know when the company is ready to go public all the different things that they need to do including record keeping that's going to be so relevant to the new investors and then really also going to uh, to going public. So that's something we can cover next week if, if that's good. So that way we kind of get our audience hopefully interested and wanting to hear about how to go, uh, you know, public or if you're looking to get an investor. Um, you know how to how to attract those investors, making sure all your documents are uh, are, are ready to be viewed by your investors, um, because that's going to be key uh, to make sure that they trust you that you know what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, so with that said, you know I think we've had, this was a really really great chat today, uh, Pedro. I enjoyed it as always. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you for our audience that was here today, and we really hope you come back and and, and join us next week. As, uh, just a reminder again, it's every Thursday um, at 10, 10 a.m. Eastern, and we're going live on YouTube, Facebook, and uh, LinkedIn on my channels. And then we'll be also posting it on Pedro's channel as well. So make sure to subscribe to the channels and the Facebook page and the LinkedIn page for us so you will be able to see it on any other platform. So with that, we wish you a wonderful day, and then we'll see you next Thursday. Okay, take care. Take care. Bye.